Do you want to empower families and young people in your community? Then take the time to make a tax-deductible contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. The Coach Tate Foundation is dedicated to helping young people and their families in learning and passing on the kinds of life skills that we all need to succeed. All too often, we hear about kids and their families having encountered life's difficulties that could have been easily avoided by knowing better decision-making skills. From anger management to money management to something as simple as learning to manage how we spend our time or how we use our job skills. Make a donation to the Coach Tate Fund. It'll help kids who need help and their families too. Make your contribution to the Coach Tate Fund. Get details at www.coachtatefoundation.com. And oh, by the way, thank you. May the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Good morning. It's family time. And welcome back to Empower Family Radio Broadcast and Podcast. Today's topic is betrayal, the process on our pathway forward. Have you been betrayed? Have you betrayed someone? Well, let's take a look at what the Bible says about betrayal. And I have a submittal by Reverend Greg Stewart that reads as such, quote, the rabbi story of betrayal as literature is what we're after here in this discussion. If the Palm Sunday story confirms anything, it confirms that Jesus was human. For betrayal is a part of the human condition. And I will argue a nephew one at that. Betrayal is easily recognized as having a spiritual dimension because it cuts to the very core of the self and often results in a soulful chaos that makes one wonder if anyone or anything can be trusted. Trust feeds the human spirit. Betrayal starves it. So I often find myself sitting with someone who has a friend and business associate who ended up using them as a rung on the corporate ladder. How could she do this to me? Or the lover who commits to monogamy and then finds out that someone else has been sleeping in their bed. How could he do this to me? Or the teenager whose parent has breached a significant confidence that only they were to share. Or parent whose child has disowned them and the values by which they live. How could he do this to us? Or the child welfare system. Now, don't get me started. Which claims to act in the best interest of a child by returning him or her to a neglectful and abusive home. How could we do this to our children? Or the spiritual seeker who has finally found a church that at first seemed to be a near-perfect reflection of the beloved community and later wasn't there for her when the crisis loomed. How could they do this to me? Or the person caught in the grips of a terminal illness or the family killed by yet another drunk driver or all the people who prayed for a miracle but were met with a mundane how. 
could the universe do this to them, to us, to me? Jesus, the rabbi, did some things that could easily help us to endure betrayal and then move beyond it. The exemplary way in which Jesus endured betrayal enabled him to eventually move beyond it. And just as you cannot have spring without winter or Easter without Good Friday, neither can you develop trust without betrayal. First, the rabbi Jesus trusted his intuition. He had no way of knowing that Judas had sold out for 30 pieces of silver. But text says that from that from payday on, Judas looked for an opportunity to betray Jesus. And the good teacher intuited that something was amiss. It is a rare individual who can keep a straight face and then stab you in the back. You have got to trust your gut feelings. Have faith in yourself and keep denial at bay whenever betrayal seeks opportunity. And you often need not look too far afield. A betrayer must be able to get into your heart before he or she can get under your skin. The more intimate the relationship, the deeper the betrayal. For our rabbi Jesus, it was a co-worker and a friend in a little movement with big ideas for change. They both dip hands in the same dish at the mealtime. The text emphasizes, in a relationship out of balance, life doesn't feel right. Don't wait until you find yourself asking, how could you do this to me? Instead, consider your hunches. Listen to your heart. Face reality and ask yourself, when will he do this to me? I am not encouraging paranoia. I'm suggesting that you be prepared. Heart knowledge is intuitive knowledge. When you are betrayed, you are faced with many options. You can confront the person directly or you can avoid confrontation but change the way you relate to the person. Or you can walk away from the relationship and end all contact with that person. But you cannot ignore a breach of trust. The price in terms of your self-confidence and self-esteem is just too high. Confrontation brings with it no guarantee. But I guarantee that if you try simply to ignore or forget betrayal, the resulting unfinished business will almost always haunt you. Most often, confrontation helps endure betrayal. Be careful. Confronting someone doesn't mean fighting with someone. It simply means addressing what went on and speaking up. Was the Jesus rabbi simply a bad judge of character? He had a world full of people to choose from, so why did he pick Judas as one of the twelve? There had to be signs early on that Judas was not a team player, but Jesus chose him anyway. Nobody's perfect. By calling the betrayer out on their behavior, you will hear her reasons for her unscrupulous actions, he or her. Even if those answers are not what you want to hear, even if he or she remains silent, you will understand something important that you can use in future relationships. And you can make an informed decision about whether to mend or end that relationship. Our rabbi Jesus, in confronting his betrayer, ascertained that not only would Judas kiss and tail, but that of all his colleagues called the Twelve, disciples would also betray him. They all had the same response. Surely it is not I. That all of them were so overly confident indicated to Jesus that all of them were unprepared 
for the oncoming harassment, a fact that would have been left buried had the rabbi Jesus chose to avoid confrontation and stick to a polite dinner conversation. And note, too, that Judas, with coins jiggling in his pocket, finds it hard to believe that he could actually go through with his plan. Betrayers often seen any wrongdoing on their part or sometimes don't even realize that what they're doing is hurtful. Either way, confrontation forces the issue, insists on truth, and makes the betrayer either put up or shut up. Waiting is always difficult. Thirdly, Jesus yearned for revenge. Remember his rage? But woe to the one by whom I am betrayed. It would be better for that one never to have been born at all, unquote. Have you ever been so overwhelmed with rage, so overcome with feelings of isolation, alienation, rejection, loneliness, so overwrought by your lack of control over the situation that you started plotting the theoretical demise of your betrayer? When trust is broken, it is human nature to want to retaliate in some way, but revenge has its downside, no doubt about it. In fact, as long as you hold on to vengeful feelings of any kind, your betrayer will have power over you. Revenge can be hazardous to your emotional health. By refusing to forget the past, you obliterate any potential for a promising future. But revenge can also be a remedy for broken trust. Holding on to a grudge, one particular form of revenge can be useful is time limited. By taking a time out away from your betrayer, you protect yourself from hurt while you work through the pain and begin to find strength to move on. The rabbi lets off a little steam with his death wish fantasy about Judas. Part of the text we did read observes Jesus cutting off the twelve who were only about to deny him and going off alone to pray, using the grudge time to discern his next moves. Finally, Judas kisses him on the cheek, and the rest, as they say, is history. Why is betrayal necessary? It may be evident but I'll put my own theological spin on it anyway. The fear of betrayal is trumped only by the fear of death. Betrayal leads to a symbolic death during which innocent and naivete die. But trust and innocence are not the same. The inner self guides us and protects us. The self inspires us to make meaning out of life and directs us to align with a deeper purpose in all our relationships, including our relationships with our betrayers. It was to that deeper purpose in all relationships that our rabbi Jesus called humanity. He pleaded, the holy is within you. It's here already. It's you. Don't betray yourself. Instead, trust yourself. 2,020 years later, we still don't get it. We still don't have enough faith in ourselves to heal the world, let alone our own wounds. Is it little wonder, then, that the rabbi's last words on earth were said to be, quote, forgive them, for they know not what they do, unquote. My prayer for Palm Sunday is to find once again within me the trust that obliterates all betrayal and to experience once again 
the forgiveness that knows no boundary. If this is your wish too, then so be it. To God be the glory of life, unquote. Amen. Listeners, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. For everybody that enjoyed this podcast, order your book today. It's called Secrets and Protection Strategies for National Security by Francina Hollers. The book comes in two forms, a soft cover, and you can also download the Audible so you can listen to it at any time of the day. Make sure you go to Amazon.com and order today. This is a must for everybody. Welcome back, listeners, and let's notate answers to this question. Let's notate how we can overcome the pain of betrayal. Betrayal is a gross violation of trust and can be one of the most devastating forms of pain inflicted upon a human being. The suffering of betrayal is often magnified by a sense of vulnerability and exposure. For many, the pain of betrayal is worse than physical violence, deceit, or prejudice. Betrayal destroys the foundation of trust. David was no stranger to betrayal. If an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were raising himself against me, I could hide from him. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship as we walked with a throng at the house of God. Psalm 55, 12 through 14. The closer the relationship, the greater the pain of betrayal. Jesus knew the pain of betrayal firsthand. The worst, most treacherous betrayal of all time was Judas's betrayal of Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, Matthew 26, 15. Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Psalm 41, 9, John 13, 18. But Jesus did not become vindictive or bitter or angry, just the opposite. After receiving the traitor's kiss, Jesus addressed Judas as friend, Matthew 26, 50. Despite the pain, there is a way we can overcome betrayal. The power comes directly from God and the strength of his forgiveness. After David laments a broken trust in Psalm 55, he hints at how to overcome the pain. He says, quote, but I call to God and the Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress and he hears my voice. Psalm 55, 16 through 17. The first key is to cry out to God for all of us listening. Though we might want to strike out at the betrayer, we need to take our calls to the Lord. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing, 1 Peter 3, 9. Another key in overcoming the pain of betrayal, listen, is to remember Jesus' example. Our sinful nature impels us to, quote, repay evil with evil, unquote, but Jesus taught us otherwise. He said, quote, pray for those who persecute you, Matthew 5, 39, 44. When Jesus was abused, he did not return abuse, 1 Peter 2, 23. We should conform to his example by not repaying abuse 
for abuse, including the abuse of betrayal. Believers are to do good even to those who harm us. Now, please note that this does not mean proper criminal justice in cases of abuse, business violations at all should not be sought. However, seeking of justice should not be motivated for a desire for vengeance. Another powerful key in overcoming the bitterness of betrayal listeners is our God-given ability to forgive that betrayer. The word forgiveness includes the word give. So when we choose to forgive someone, we actually give that person a gift, the freedom from personal retaliation. But you are also giving yourself a gift, a grudge-free life. Trading our bitterness and anger for the love of God is a wonderful life-giving exchange. Jesus taught that loving our neighbors as ourselves should be proactive. But I tell you, love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you, Matthew 5.44. Without a question, it is enormously difficult to forgive a person who's betrayed our trust. It is also impossible and only possible with God. See Luke 18.27. Those who have experienced God's love understands what it means to be loved unconditionally and undeservedly. Only with the help of God's spirit can we love and pray for those who seek to do us harm. Romans 12, 14 through 21. Amen. After this commercial break, we will learn more from Minister Francina Tate Horace and the prison minister of the Majestic Mount Ministry Leadership Learning Academy at the Coach State Foundation. Stay tuned. The vision and mission of the prison ministry in North Carolina is to include the housing and life transition curricula. None of us can be the best of us until we balance the scales among the least of us. Empower your family with the dynamic new book by Francina Hallris, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are. It's the book that gives you insights into life's problems. Francina Hallris is an author, motivational speaker, and national broadcaster who believes the answers to your problems lies within the knowledge that was once traditionally passed down by families. But that knowledge has been short-circuited by today's faster pace. The book, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are, brings that accumulated wisdom to the problems that all families face. You'll find your copy of Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are at Amazon and at Better Bookstores. Empower your life with the dynamic new book, Our Sixth Sense and Purpose, The Power in Knowing Who You Are. Homework assignment listeners. Ask yourselves, who did I betray? Why did I betray them? When did I betray them? How did I do it? Where did I betray them? And what did I betray? Or ask yourself, who betrayed me? Why did they betray me? When did they betray me? Where did they betray me? Why did they betray me? And how did they betray me? I believe we all know what happened to Judas and Peter after they betrayed Jesus. They went back to the initial betrayal that took place inside themselves first. They committed murder to himself. By your own words and actions shall you perish. 
Let's start there, listeners. Are we ready and prepared to be the change that God wants to see in this world today for our next generation? How can we lead someone else when we can't lead ourselves, listeners? What does your own betrayal look like? What does your betrayal sound like, smell like, taste like, feel like? What does your betrayal sense like? Are you paying attention? Amen. Hello, Francina. How are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous, Demetrius. I hope you are today. Oh, I am. You know, and this topic we're going to talk about today is so uh, important about betrayal and how things are kind of um, uh, misinformed and how people uh, turn on the other person, which is betrayal. And uh, if you want to kind of elaborate on a few things about betrayal, and we'll just have a, a nice conversation about it for our listeners and followers. Well, uh, thank you, Demetrius, for this uh, brief opportunity we have here. Of course, betrayal is a very uh, deep word. It applies to most of our lives. And uh, within our prison ministry is, is our focus today with uh, betrayal in our prison ministry has risen to such a high level of statistics in the population of our prisoners. And uh, we, as you know, have been working with a few inmates. And yes. um, our program here with betrayal for us starts in our prison system with our population and preventive maintenance. Uh, so we have a structured program that addresses what is the quiet word of betrayal, and we betray ourselves first. So it's a lot of mental uh, imprisonment of betrayal that we have to begin to address. Oh, yeah. There's been so many people that have been incarcerated, talking about prison in the past, that have been innocent. And, um, you know, that's another issue. But um, with me doing um, the art, I actually speak with a couple of inmates as well that are artists. And it keeps them focused. I'm so excited that they actually get excited about something. Because when you're in that dark space inside, sometimes you don't even know where you're going if you're going anywhere. And this art, I call it art therapy, helps them, guides them. So the Coast State Foundation Art therapy program that we have. It's so vital. I'm so excited to be part of that. But now you are a minister and I know your mother's a minister. You actually go inside and help the, the people. Is that correct? Okay. Elaborate uh, for our listeners and followers because they kind of want to understand how you do that. Well, as I said earlier, Demetrius, with the time that we have, I grew up in the prison ministry with my mother as a child. So I had an early childhood experience back in Burke County, North Carolina, of, of going into the prisons to fellowship, worship, and pray for the inmates who had been there behind some type of betrayal in their own cells and in themselves and then on the outside, and which led to a crime. And uh, that has been at the seat of my soul. But one of the new things is we pay it forward in 21st century and look at the prison population of millions, and it's a profiteering business. We have to begin now, which is what I like about the Majestic Mountain Ministries uh, ministry program that I'm leading and a part of for the community, is we've got to understand that we're in the prison of our minds. And uh, when they get incarcerated, it's just magnified to the brick and mortar. And I'll share uh, before we close our talk today with our listeners. Um, a letter that we received from an inmate who had been in prison, and he yes. gave us uh, some tools to look at for uh, going forward in this 21st century, being in the prison of our own mind. 
one of the key things which I uh, share with all the listeners, he, he gave us six lessons he's learned through betrayal of some sort in his life. And I'm going to share this sixth one due to time. He says, the worst prisons aren't out of concrete and steel. And there's a quote that he quoted by Bernard Kelvin Klein. It says, your mind can be your prison or your palace. What you make it is yours to decide. And he said the biggest lesson he learned, Demetrius, which we're teaching in our curriculum prison, is he said this experience later taught me the lesson, the biggest lesson of all. The worst prisons aren't made out of concrete and steel. He said the worst prisons are the ones that we create in our own minds, Demetrius. Wow. He said, I had incarcerated myself in several mental prisons that caused me to make a ton of bad decisions, which ultimately landed me in a prison made out of concrete and steel. And he says, all of us are in our own mental prisons, such as fear, anger, negativity, low self-esteem. Overthinking, self-doubt, procrastination, guilt, shame, addiction, and many others. He said, these prisons of our minds, Demetrius, stop us from reaching our full potential and achieving all of our dreams. And the question I'll leave you with, Demetrius, and the listeners, is what mental prisons are affecting your life and stopping you from achieving your dreams? Don't you think that's a core tenet of the Majestic Mountain Ministries? Prison mission? Oh, yes. And you know, it's uh, very interesting that, that I love about the Coast State Foundation, that transition program where we actually help them. As soon as they get out, they're lost. So we actually help them, yeah. guide them, show them uh, a place to live, affordable housing, give them a, show them a job of some type, and get it back on the feet. Because a lot of people don't even want to see those type of people when they come out. But we actually want those type of people. We want to help them because sometimes... You know, people go through a hiccup through life, and uh, and that's not the end of the world. That's why God, yeah. with all the godly principles, Christian principles that we have here at the Coast State Foundation, we apply those and help people that are in need. And that's so exciting. And um, I'm glad you're but, a part of that as well, Francine. Yes, I really want to share with the listeners, too, if you're interested in being a part of the ministry at the Coach State Foundation, Demetrius. Uh, we have an art ministry that you're leading, and I'm, we're so proud of the, the uh, inmates that you're working with in their yeah. art. Uh, there is always a way, like Jesus, we're coming up on Palm Sunday, to move past the betrayal, to sure. resurrect and rise as we walk through that story in the parable in the next two weeks. So, Demetrius, thank you so much for what you're doing in the art ministry with our inmates and helping them get a skill. So when they are released back into society, that's where the Coach Tate's Life Transition Campus will help them make a smooth and meaningful transition back into society. Is that correct? That is. And, you know, our art and, um, is a passion of mine. I, I love helping the people. And there's so many talented people in that are incarcerated that are artists. You, it, it's mind-blowing how many talented people they actually can do art, not just sing like an artist, but draw and do graphics yeah. and, and so forth and design things. They just need that opportunity. I know we're wrapping up time here. Uh, if you want to add anything for next 30 seconds, Francina, and uh, we'll wrap this uh, uh, talk up today. The only thing I'll add, I think you've done a fantastic job, is for all of us for preventive maintenance and for dealing with family members who are incarcerated today due to this this thing called betrayal. But we must address what mental prison is affecting our lives and stopping us from achieving our dreams. Thank you, Demetrius, and we look forward to the pathway forward, uh, Majestic Mountain Ministries. 
prison incarceration programs and services. Uh, thank you so much, Francina. And if you'd like to support the Coach Tate Foundation and the prison ministry, you go to Coach Tate Foundation, CoachTateFoundation.com, and press donate. Thanks again, and have a great week. Our closing poem for today is entitled The Kiss of Betrayal by Royston Allen, and it reads as such. The kiss of betrayal, 30 coins of silver paid for a kiss. The price of betrayal was no more than this. For Judas came with an armed mob that day and was determined his Lord to betray. Gazing upon his face, Christ's eyes met his. Judas gave him that treacherous kiss a dastardly deed done that awful day, and he left him and went upon his way. No forgiveness sought by this wretched soul, no blood applied to cleanse or make him whole. Throwing coins into the temple, he went and hanged himself, for he did not repent. How often do I portray him with a kiss selling my soul cheap and his love dismissed. Yet he is willing to forgive my pride and stands waiting, waiting with his arms open wide.